the Askell Primary Leaders Podcast with Tiff Harris. Hello everyone and welcome to another Primary Leader Podcast. I'm joined today by Rebecca Leek, who is Executive Director of the Suffolk Primary Heads Association. And I will let her talk about herself in a moment, but we're going to talk about Christmas. And Rebecca and I were chatting backstage about what this could be. We came up with some titles, Christmas Curriculum and Census, Curriculum and Compost. And Rebecca will reveal all when she talks about the things that she does in her spare time, and that will make a little bit more sense to you. So first of all, thank you for joining us on these primary podcasts. I hope that life in primary schools is exciting and happy for you right now, and that you are in a good place to wind down for a well-deserved break over the next few days and weeks. Okay then, Rebecca, Executive Director of the Suffolk Primary Heads Association. Tell us more, what is that? Hi, uh, and hello to everyone, uh, so close to Christmas. Um, the Suffolk Primary Head Teacher Association, it's just a new position um, that I've taken up, actually. And um, what works for me really well at the moment is it's part time, which is lovely, um, so that I can do some other things which are taking up my attention. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's, if you like, a bit of an old, uh, and I hope they won't mind me saying that, it's a bit of an old association um, before uh, Academy Trusts, you know, had kind of populated the uh, landscape more and more um, and where local authority head teachers could, you know, gather and, and take advantage of shared CPD. Um, and then COVID has come and, and multi-academy trusts have changed the landscape and now there's all that variety. Um, and so it's a bit of a new, uh, a fresh start for it, actually. Um, and, I've, you know, I've taken the position because I love primary schools. I love the variety of primary schools. Um, I've worked in both local authority and trust uh, schools, big trusts and small trusts, um, and uh, I know how challenging it is. I think particularly for primary head teachers, um, you know, we it's so complex. You will know out there, uh, head teachers of, of little primary schools, you know, what do you do when um, somebody's off sick, um, the number of policies that you have to work through, um, how to answer the door if, if something's gone wrong, and also managing all that subject leadership, which Ofsted has kind of thrown at us um, in the primary sector. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I will do anything to help uh, these these wonderful communities and organisations do the best they can for the children and for those people that are having to lead them because it's so difficult and so complicated. So, you know, in a nutshell, uh, it's, it's a bit of a, a blank canvas, but I, I think it'll be, you know, professional development, professional networks um, and hopefully sharing of expertise. Um, and well-being uh, for head teachers, looking at ways that we can support our head teachers across the county. There's nearly 300 of them. Um, so anything we can do, even if it's um, uh, some perks from local businesses and that kind of thing, is just uh, supporting these people that, that turn up every day very early and go home yeah. very late and do great things for their communities. Yeah. Thanks, Rebecca. And um, I, I'm a I'm a big supporter of of this and 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 networking. I think that's um, needed more than ever in primary schools right now, particularly the small primary schools as you've as you've spoken about, or small rural primary schools, or those right on the edge of on the coast or or, or in in the regions where they feel a little bit exposed. So thank you for all you're doing there. Um, I want to talk to you about Christmas 
and it's obviously the right time to talk about Christmas. We've mm -hmm. timed this podcast um, well. Um, let's talk about some of the things that you want to say in this podcast. And just going back to my introduction when I talked about, you know, Christmas, curriculum, Spencer's compost, all those things that we that we discussed. Let's start with, and hopefully you'll come back and explain, you know, the the, the compost thing. We we so those of you that know you already um, possibly know a little bit about where you live <laughs> um, and and the area of the country that you live in. So that might make a little bit more sense. But let's talk about Christmas. And the question I want to ask you um, is to do with nativities that are going on across the land right now and given a recently published census um, on religion and Christianity in the United mm. Kingdom at the moment I just wanted to ask you whether this is still the right thing for primary schools or where do you think we're going with this in the future and what are your thoughts mm. on that? I I just love this question. Uh, I love this question because for many reasons, um, but I particularly love it because I don't think there's a right answer. And I'm very happy when we deal with things in education where there is no clear answer um, because of the complexity. There's another lovely C word. Um, and it's something that we have to grapple with. Um, and grapple with differently, maybe with different communities and with the different histories. Maybe you've stepped in as a new head teacher and, well, this is what we've always done. Um, and yes. then you as a personal leader might have a slightly different take on, on the Christmas situation. Um, mm. I had a really inter in, uh, interesting interaction one Christmas um, with a couple of people around the nativity that was put on in the school where I was the head teacher. Um, and I, I thought I was being quite clever by standing up and saying how wonderful that we can share this story together. I thought I was being very inclusive of my, um, of my diverse congregation so to speak yeah. um, mm -hmm. and you know lots of children from different um, religions and no religions um, and the vicar uh, of uh, who was also a governor who's had children in the school um, you know he came up to me and he said I'm not particularly happy with what you said um, I think that it was quite offensive um, and and I disagreed with him I think at that point in time but it, it really made me reflect um, and having some conversations with other people uh, I think it's really good to be challenged, another C word. And of course, I was intending to be really inclusive by saying that. But what I had done is I had alienated those who, for whom it was more than a story. So I'd almost come post-secular and thought, well, it was fine to kind of say it was all very stories. We've got stories. We don't, you know, and but of course, for some people, the Christian story, the you know that nativity story, so to speak, is incredibly important and not a story at all. Um, and you know, the census said there were forty six percent of people in this country yes. who still see themselves as Christians. Um, and so, it's something that's very interesting, isn't it? It's become part. The nativity has become part of our culture. Um, in terms of it's what I think most families, regardless of their religion, um, at least families that have maybe grown up in this country, so to speak, most parents who were children in primary schools when they were children, will expect and be disappointed that they don't get. Um, and so it's become kind of cultural and secular. And yet it's still an incredibly important thing 
for a large sector of our of our society. Um, and so, as I said at the beginning, there is no clear answer. Um, but uh, I think head teachers need to think really carefully about, you know, how they talk to their families. I then, at the same time at this Christmas, uh, 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 about a week later, um, uh, one of the uh, another father. Um, happened to take me in a taxi. He was, you know, he's a taxi driver uh, to one of the other schools in the trust, and he's Muslim. And I and I and I said to him, um, "How did you feel about your children? How do you feel about your children performing um, uh, the yes. Christian story?" And actually, the biggest response that I got from him was a thank you for asking him the question. He said, yeah, he, he just was he just said, thank you for even asking me. And then we 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 had a wonderful conversation about how it's really important to provide um, uh, experiences for children on stage, feeling part of a community that their parents can come and see. He saw it as incredibly valuable, a story of of kind of love and community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think he he what I got from that was, you know, engage with your families, respect them, um, talk to them and and, uh, and and navigate it that way. Um, but it is a it is an interesting conundrum, isn't it? There's another C word. Um, is, and, that, uh, is that the most important thing, do you think, Rebecca? Is it is it is it then a, about that? It's about communities, isn't it? It's about getting children together. It's a it's about them performing together, singing together being together and and is that more important than ever as we now seem to be back to normal following Mm. covid times i i think it is incredibly important um Mm. i know that there's a lot of um upset still or it's not quite the right word uh, there's a lot of people that would like us to get rid of the legislation around um, daily acts of collective worship and 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 many schools don't comply with that anyway that daily act of collective worship but but it you know if we got rid of it would we still gather i think we would still gather and i think that men you know head teachers of primary schools know the power uh, of when communities gather and sing together you know we humans we're, we're naturally storytellers yeah. many of us not all of us you know storytelling and um and coming together and that feeling of of all the families uh, and perform you know that that learning to perform and perfect things and you know talking about curriculum I, i've always said it is worth carving out time in a curriculum to work on a school production um, to perfect something because having the dress rehearsal and then seeing how it then comes together and then really, you know, going all out and concentrating really hard to remember all your bits. I think that's really valuable as an education experience as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And um, and I've heard some children in other key stages where the, um, the, 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 lower, the lower age groups are doing the nativity and the older kids are not. And you know, they're, they're quite outraged by that. <laughs> I think they love that. They love that feeling. It's, it's not it's not about it's, it's all it's just about being together. It's about singing mm. together. It's about sharing together. It's about celebrating each other, applauding each other. And I think that's what primary schools do very, very well. Um, I, 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 yeah, I think. Yeah. Sorry. Carry on. No, no. Go on. Well, I, you know, we are responsible, as it stands, for the spiritual development of children. 
And certainly in frameworks for spiritual development, you know, in terms of stage one or stage two, et cetera, et cetera, one of the things is developing a sense of interconnectedness. So it's it's when you realize you're connected to a slightly more complex system or, or community, and that's when um, people develop their sense of spirituality. Mm. Um, and that's not religion, so to speak. It's having those kind of more spiritual experiences or, you know, feeling like you're connected to a greater world. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, and, and of course, you will get that when you suddenly see everyone's grandparents standing at the back and you suddenly yes. realize the world's a bit bigger uh, and you see all yes. those more people I think that really comes through in those kinds of events yeah yes yes um okay that's that was that was very insightful and, and thank you for thank you for being so honest about that as well um let's just think ahead to the um the, the Christmas season and school leadership in primary at the moment is always very very busy from your experience Rebecca what advice do you have for school leaders in primary to stay I'm going to use one of the c words that you gave given me earlier to stay calibrated lovely yeah um (laughs) calibrated you know it's when you kind of um know when to slow down and when to speed up um yes. uh, so so that's a I think a really good good word to use in terms of maintaining yourself mm. through these very long days <clears throat> excuse me um I um run a lot as, as I think yes. you may know and people on Twitter might have got a bit bored of me posting up pictures of trainers but um so often I, in, in dirt or compost as well just to go back to the yes I don't think I've ever seen an image of you on on Twitter Rebecca where there's not some element of mud or, no, or dirt no. or rain somewhere well, well not, last weekend it was ice I went for a run in, in Great Yarmouth <laughs> and it was minus three and it was about seven o'clock in the morning and I ended up you know that kind of arctic look of when you've even got ice in your hair and your eyelashes I even managed that <laughs> at last weekend <laughs> but um I I I started running about about 18 months ago um properly and that's certainly what I do and I'm and I'm still learning that when I'm having a bad day or I'm really cross and keep snapping at people or I feel really overwhelmed I'm still learning to go Rebecca that's when you need to go for a run um because it's a bit like dreaming but it, but when you're awake so you know dreaming is a bit like resetting all your resetting your brain really and letting it all process through for the next day uh, you know that running time for me is is often when I go oh well that that That'll solve that problem and, and it'll all just just come to me. Um, but also it's knowing when not to do it. Uh, and I also have a tendency to overdo it as well. And that's where that calibration comes in. And it's really thinking carefully about when I can do it and when I can't do it. And I think in the school day, those decisions, those decisions and choices, there's another C word, it's incredibly important, isn't it? And when you say, well, I know I need to change the spelling scheme in my school but I can't do it now and it's going to stress everyone out and we'll do that next year, which can be really difficult if you're a bit of a perfectionist and you know something needs improving, but it's having that ability to, to, to choose to do something. It's one of the reasons why I'm always really reluctant to criticise without knowing more any aspect of what a school does. So, you know, oh, well, they shouldn't be doing that whatever at the moment and you know my first thing is well well they might be working on something else at the moment and actually it might be really good leadership 
of that head teacher to have gone, well, I know that needs sorting, but I'm not doing that yet. I'm doing something else. And so it's about making those wise choices as you go and, and, and you know, owning it and saying, well, I know that needs looking at, but we're doing that next term. Um, and I know everyone wants rapid improvement, but, you know, things take time. It's tying up loose ends as well, isn't it? As you move from one year, actual year, into another year, you know, we, we've, it feels a bit like, do you think school leaders thinking, oh my goodness me, we've got all this going on, but I just need to tie up these loose ends before it turns into 2023. And mm. sometimes you're saying they need to take a step back and and recalibrate and think. Yeah, yeah. Some of this wait. Yeah, and, and you they might have to wait. You know, and things happen all the time. People people go off sick or they have, you know, if you're a one form entry school, how many maternity leaves can you take? You know, <laughs> so you might have a couple of people go off on maternity leave and you know, yeah, you have to put a few things a, a few things on hold and and you know, growth takes time. And talking about compost, if you want, if you want me to bring that in. I'd like you to. Yeah. yeah, you know, soil and 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 there's a if you you know look up about soil and 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 permaculture and, and developing the ground. You know, uh, you can't just try and grow things in unfertile soil that hasn't been developed and looked after. And so, if you just try and keep doing things in 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 ground if you like that that has not been rested and has not been re uh, fertilized through, you know through the things that that it, that it needs things do not grow and uh, and so you have to look after yourself and you have to look after the culture and get that right before you start trying to you know expect something else to suddenly grow strongly because it won't Thank you, Rebecca. For those of you that haven't listened to Rebecca before or don't know Rebecca or are not following Rebecca, it's more than a farm that you live on. I know that. But it's 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 that farm lifestyle that you often talk about to that inspires your leadership. And um and if you and if you're not if you haven't already followed um Rebecca on, on Twitter, I, I, I urge you to do so because then this will make a lot more sense and you'll understand why I talk about her muddy trainers and and her, <laughs> and her muddy hair sometimes and fingernails. Um but but Rebecca, it's it's in another podcast that we've done and it's some of the other work that you're doing that you do talk about that leadership um through your it's not a farm, is it? Tell tell me off here. Well, it, uh, yeah, at the moment I, we're developing a food forest um, on a couple of acres and some off-grid and off-grid living. Um, and uh, so we've taken on some land really that, that needed, has needed a lot of care uh, and attention just to bring it to a certain point of being able to grow. Um, and so the, the framework through which I, I do a lot of thinking is the permaculture, yeah. principles of permaculture, which if anyone is interested, we probably don't really have time today. But the, the principles of, of permaculture um, are incredibly useful. It's a design system. It's, it's thinking about um, getting, getting everything designed correctly and talking to the other, you know, all the components talking to each other so that you create a really strong interconnected web um, and once you start thinking like that uh, and then you transfer that kind of thinking to school environments, um, it can be it can it can be very insightful. Um, one of one of my favorite principles is produce no waste. Um, and I, I kind of that waste aspect, I think, is always really interesting to consider. You know, was that meeting a waste of time? Have we just wasted 
you know, an hour of the four most expensive people in our school? Yes. Or have we actually, uh, you know, created something that was worth creating? And I do a lot of work and thinking around governance. And there's a lot of meetings that happen in, in, in governance, some of which are important and they may feel a little bit bureaucratic, but, you know, they are important. But but have we really used that time valuably? And if not, then it's a waste. Uh, you know, the time children spend lining up and putting their fingers on their lips you know, I, I'm very, I get very worried and anxious when I see lots of children waiting around with their fingers on their lips. Uh, I'm not sure that's a great use of time. And so it's then considering, well, what's the waste here and how can we make the whole system flow better? So that's just one example. Thank you, Rebecca. And, and I have already spoken to Rebecca about um, talking a little bit more about this in the podcast in the new year, but we just want to do a Christmas one today. So we have touched upon that, but we will come back to this in the new year. And I'm very keen for Rebecca to share some of those thoughts in a little bit more detail with listeners. Um, Rebecca, last question. I'm going to give you the final words, really. Um, I'm, quite, I'm quite interested. It's a bit of a two-part question, if that's okay. I'm quite interested to, um, to know a little bit more about um, Christmas in Rebecca Leake's home and what that might look like um, and with that in mind could you give us your seasonal message for the listeners the primary school listeners and there's lots of other leaders out there um, who are not not just leaders in primary so what does Christmas look like in your home Rebecca and what's your seasonal message for the weeks ahead and 2023 and thank you very much if you've been listening today and I hand that over to Rebecca now to finish off for us. Um, Christmas for me so I've I've shifted quite a lot um, towards the uh, the solstice and equinox uh, way of mapping the year and so uh, this year I'm very much concentrating on the solstice uh, which is next Wednesday um, and so uh, that's the most important day actually for me it takes the pressure off doesn't it as well yes. um, particularly when people have parents that are married to different people now and um, mm -hmm. children uh, from different families uh, and everything gets very uh, saturated around uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day there's huge pressure and who's going to get this person around their table and so I've I've really lent in to the calendar that the, you know the cycle of the sun um, which makes much more sense to me so the shortest day um, where we will have a bonfire um, and we're going to see a little play actually we're going to see a little play with the children and then we're going to have a bonfire as the sun goes down because after that the days get longer so what a what a magical moment in the year I think um, to accept that it's time to slow down going back to the idea of calibration you know you can when you live outside more uh, you can do less you can't go out all the time and get all the things done that you can do in the summer and you have to hibernate slightly or, or adapt your lifestyle. Um, so that's what uh, that's a lot of it. A lot of my Christmas break kind of hinges around that and the, the long, the long dark nights and then the, the, the sunrises that are going to get uh, earlier and earlier. Yeah. Um, the uh, a message, I think, for. Well, primary head teachers, if I may, but, but anyone uh, who's interested. Uh, is another C word is <laughs> is having confidence um, in variety. 
I think that there is so much good information and good packages and good um, systems for, say, curriculum that have been produced. Um, but I think that head teachers, it's it's challenging to almost say, I'm not going to do it like that. In, in our school, we're going to do it like this. Because it's absolutely acceptable for a primary school to build their curriculum around something like the mantle of the expert approach, for example. And I think it's really fantastic if some schools do that and that some other schools in other places do something else. Um, another permaculture principle is diversity. And there are some things that we want all children to do, you know, number bonds up to 10 and learn to read. But it is also OK for different children in different schools to learn different things and have different experiences because then they'll grow up to be adults with different things. And we need that uh, that variety in our society. So I think there's that fear of missing out thing, isn't there? Of like, Oh, gosh, they're doing that curriculum and we must do that kind of way of doing it. And you see a special swirly poster and and it's and you have to be quite confident to go, no, that's not what we're doing. Our model is like this. We believe uh, in doing it like this because it suits the staff that we've got. We've got the expertise already. It's something that I know about as a head teacher um, and to be confident in your difference. Um, obviously, we want really high standards and fantastic teaching so the children yeah. are learning and stimulated. But, uh, but, 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 you know, think hard about what you want your school to have as a curriculum, which is not content, by the way. Curriculum is not content. It's much more than that. Um, and, and stick by it, research it, learn about it, become an expert in it and, and deliver it and let it be different. And then that's probably all for the good. Rebecca Leake, Executive Director of the Suffolk Primary Heads Association. Thank you very much. The Askell Primary Leaders Podcast with Tiff Harris.